Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your presence amongst us, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for the, the wholeness that we begin to experience when we're in your very presence. Lord God, I pray you'd have your way this morning in the hearts and minds of those who are here, including myself, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for all that you've given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. We bless your holy name. We seek to magnify, to glorify, to lift your name high this morning, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we come. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, um, but you know, I, I grew up and I didn't know about the presence of God. Um, I didn't understand it. I'd never really heard about it before. I wasn't brought up in a Christian household or Christian family per se. Um, I remember walking into, into a church and sensing an atmosphere of, you know, the only way I could describe it, it, it was like a cloud of bliss. You know, I didn't know the Christian language. Because we tend to say the Christian language sometimes, don't we? But really, you know, when someone really experiences something very fresh from God and they don't know nothing else, they explain it different ways. So I just thought people were really nice to one another and, you know, affectionate and these words. But I knew underneath it all there was something more than just niceness. There was something very real in the atmosphere that I didn't understand. But I knew it was here. It was in this atmosphere where people were worshipping. People were praying and people were adoring him and people were loving him. Suddenly things start to change. And I didn't know what was going on, but I, I knew that moment in deep within me, I need some of this. And you know what? I'm still in that place. I need some more of this. Because sometimes as Christians, it's like we think we've all arrived. And in one hand, we have. But on the other hand, we're still going for it. I know, I know I'm speaking up for myself here. I'm so hungry for the presence of God in my life. I don't know about you. I'll just bear my heart this morning before you. This is, you haven't come to have a nice sermon. You've come to hear my heart this morning. Because my heart is to be in the presence of the Lord. I love being with you guys, but I love to be in the presence of the Lord. I love to, to you know, the presence of God is something that can be so tangible in your life. If you understood what I was saying, you'd, you'd hunger, hunger for it and you'd thirst for it every moment of your life. It's something that when you've had a taste of it, you've spoiled for anything else. I'm done for now. I'm, I, everything else is, is dim compared the, to the beauty of his presence. Do you love Jesus? Because this is how you get there. You start to adore Jesus. You start to see how he sees you and what he's done for you. And the gospel is the entrance point to all of this. It's the beauty of Jesus. It's the beauty of Jesus that we're talking about. We're going to go to Mark this morning. Um, and we're going to go from Mark 14. Mark 14, verse 3. Because I believe there's something very, very special that we can learn here. 
And before I start, I want to say to you that there's a depth. There's a depth in God to be taken hold of. There's ground to be taken hold of. There's a deeper intimacy. There's a relationship that we haven't quite entered into yet. We have our experiences and we have a, a level of relationship according to where we are with the Lord. And if you're not born again, then if you get born again, you can have a relationship with God. But I'm speaking to different people, so I want to keep it general as much as I can. Because I believe God beckons us into a closeness of relationship. There's a closeness of relationship that you can have with you and God. There's a heart to heart and there's a place of intimacy that will change your whole life. It will change everything about you. The Christian life is not I have to change around God, but the Christian life is more like I am changed by Him. I couldn't shift if I tried my old life. I couldn't bury it, I couldn't get rid of it, I couldn't create a new life for myself. But God in His mercy created a new life in me. He gave me a new heart, He gave me new desires, and He gave me a passion and a hunger and a thirst for Him. And this is it, brothers and sisters. It's having a thirst and a hunger for him. Praise the Lord. I'm, going to look at, I'm looking at a lady in particular in the Gospels this morning. And it's Mary of Bethany. And I think there's so much to learn from her love and adoration towards the Lord. And I just want to read down from verse 3. And it says here in Mark 14, verse 3. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. He sat down at the table, and a woman, this is Jesus, and a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there was some who was indignant among themselves and said, why was the fragrance oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticised her. They criticised her sharply. It's interesting how they have a completely different perspective of what they thought Jesus was all about. And, and often people can have so many different views and ideas. Um, in particular, we're talking here about Judas, Judas Iscariot had the criticism. And because the, the, the story is also found in John. Um, the story is also found in John, John 12, and it's more descriptive there. So I'm guessing that Judas was heading the brigade and other people just kind of followed on with the critics, the criticism. And it's funny like that, isn't it? When you get someone who's critical, you often find a bit of a gathering behind them and this kind of, you can kind of sense this animosity here. But they'd missed the whole point, and this is my point. Sometimes it's easy to see what, about what Jesus can do or what Jesus does. And their minds had been perverted to what it was actually all about. Somehow they'd got it completely twisted. Judas was about himself, and we all know about Judas, because Judas was the person who kept the money, kept the cash. But there's a lesson to be learnt here, and I think it's significant, because often our eyes can stray, or our affections can become off-centre. It was more about the ministry work being done rather than the actual minister himself. And this is where the criticism lied. The criticism came when they thought it should be doing, or they thought this woman should be applying it elsewhere. 
But this was costly to her. This, this was of great value. This fragrance, this oil, this spikenard. And when we talk about the alabaster, alabaster is like, it's like, a, like a, a, a jar or it's kind of like a... And it was made of like a stone. So she must have broke it. She must have poured it over him. She poured it on his feet as well. It tells us that in John. It's a similar story. It's the same story. It's just um, John speaks about it slightly, slightly differently. This was not about the cost. Because because the cost, I believe, to some extent was insignificant. This was about her deep love and adoration to Jesus. She, I don't believe she was sitting there counting the cost. She was overwhelmed with who Jesus actually was and what Jesus has actually done. And I believe just previously this, because in John's Gospel, I think it puts it in slightly more chronological order, that he had just rose Lazarus from the grave. And Lazarus was present. Lazarus was here. So he's in this gathering, he's in this intimate setting. This is an intimate place. So Jesus sits down and this woman pours this, this perfume, this fragrance upon Jesus. It was very costly to her, but she was adoring him. This was out of gratitude. This was out of thanksgiving. This is out of devotion. And the, she poured this anointing oil upon his head. And certain people didn't like the, the look of this. They become hostile in their hearts. I believe, firstly, we minister to Jesus in what we do. Our ministries to him. Whatever it may be, our ministries to him. Amen? It's never separate from him. It's never instead of him. It's not just because we can, but it's to him. This is part of our worship. This was an act of worship. This is what true worship is. It was a, it was a great cost, but when you, when you weigh it up on the scouts, her love for him outweighed it all. We can talk about the sacrifice, and it was a sacrifice. It was an offering. But this was about her devotion to him. This was about her adoration to the Lord. And I think this story is so beautiful how, we can, how it can open up something so precious to us that in some circumstances we can, we can stray from the main thing. So we just go down. So in verse 6, But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. You have the poor with you always. And wherever you wish, you may do good to them. Whenever, sorry. Whenever you wish, you can do good to them. But me and you, you do not always have. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. So, 
When you think about this statement, I touched on it last week. Now just consider this just for a moment. What this woman has done will be a memorial to her wherever this gospel is preached. So this act is intrinsic to the gospel itself. Now, it, it doesn't mention all the obvious things when we think of the gospel. is the death and the resurrection. Jesus Christ removes our sin. He grants us eternal life for those who believe on him. You know, that's the gospel that we all know. But what is it here that is so knitted together, that is so closely tied with the actual gospel, the good news? And I believe this adoration and this act of devotion and love allows this lady here to enter into the most precious place that Jesus died for us all to have. Yes, it's to remove your sin. Yes, it's to give you everlasting life. Yes, it's so that you can be in heaven. But God wants us to have communion with him. This is about being before the Lord in a place of communion. This is about his very presence. This is what the gospel offers us. It's this love affair. It's this oneness with God. This is the beauty of the gospel. And, 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 and I just, you know, this sets me in awe because I think, Jesus, I just want you to have everything that I have and I want to enter into this love relationship with you more than ever in my life. To know you. You see, many of our songs, they can start off when we sing, how great is our God. And it's almost like as if we're looking at the God of the universe, the God that made all things, and we stand in awe and wonder. But then we enter into a place of intimacy where we start speaking and expressing our heart to God. It's like another level that God wants us to enter into this closeness, this unity that he died for us to be at oneness with him, to Taste him, to touch him, to feed on him, to have this life exchange. Hallelujah. It's this place is where you trade in all the stuff for the life of God. And suddenly his life becomes to pour into your life and you become alive in him, empowered by his grace and love. Hallelujah. This is a wonderful place. This place... Is, an ex- is, a, is a place of divine exchange. This, I believe, is why. This is the fundamental part of this. It's a closeness. It says in John's that, 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 that she, was, um, she, was, she, she was before his feet. And she poured the ointment on his feet, the anointing oil on his feet, and on his head. And you see, brothers and sisters... The the scripture also tells us that the fragrance filled the house. And the fragrance speaks of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this is the way we get our our life is filled with the Holy Spirit. I can tell you it's through adoration. It's through our worship, the fragrance of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit fills our very vessel. It fills our being. It fills our lives as we begin to adore, as we begin to look unto him. This is, this is the secret of the anointing. It's, to live in the anointing, it's not just to come to church and get someone to lay hands on you. They, no, that may come to you that way. I'm not being critical, I'm just saying. But the secret is coming to the anointed one, that is Christ, and feasting and feeding 
and be in his presence. And when you become a worshipper, when you become a worshipper and you begin to adore Jesus, the anointing will fill the house. And as you talk about Jesus and how wonderful and glorious he is, the sense of the Holy Spirit just rises inside of you and it fills the house and it can fill the house of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know that the smell of that perfume, it must have been all over them and it was all over him. When you're in the presence of Jesus, you smell like Jesus. It sticks to you. It stays upon you. If you can get him to his presence, if you can come before him in adoration and worship, your life will be filled with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, God Almighty. Hallelujah. I'm teaching you how to enter into the presence of God. If you have the presence of God in your life, your life will not look the same. God will work a miracle in your life. But don't ever look at the preacher or this or that. Don't ever look at the stuff that surrounds Christian life. But look at the one that gives you life. Hallelujah. I tell you, the anointing is such a precious thing. And you cannot get it in a cheap way. You can't get it cheap. It was costly. It's a costly thing. It's devotion and your love. Oh, hallelujah. So this divine exchange takes place when your heart engages with the Lord in intimacy. There's a change. There's a change. Hallelujah. There's a change by his hand, by his touch upon your life. When you embrace the one that died and loves you so dearly, that gave his life for you, it pours into you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm pouring my heart out this morning because Jesus paid to have communion with you. To have communion. Now we talk about communion and sometimes we, we speak about I'm going to take communion or I'm have communion. Do we understand what communion means? Communion simply means fellowship with God in the spirit. To have fellowship with God in the spirit. And he took it at the Passover time, didn't he? You know, we had, he said, this is my blood and we all know what we do. But sometimes we fail to grasp the depth of it. We fail to grasp the understanding of what it means to have communion with God. Yes, the blood removes our sin and it's the only way we can have communion with God. But he, nonetheless, he died for us to have communion with him. To be able to come into a place where we know him, we're sure of his presence. That we can live in his presence, that we can stay in his presence. We can have fellowship with the living God in the spirit. I mean, that's amazing. It's amazing for me, you know, and it just comes upon you. It comes upon you as you worship, as you adore him. It comes upon you. It's, a, it's almost like there's an entrance point. You know, we always have the entrance because of the blood of Jesus. But as you begin to adore him, as you begin to worship and give yourself to him, as you give over yourself to him. See, she gave herself. She gave what she had, what was costly. The fragrance filled the house. The fragrance of the anointing, the fragrance of the presence of God was what she desired in her heart. She desired Jesus. 
She desired him and to be with him. And I do believe this is the same Mary who, who, who sat at the feet of Jesus when Martha was busy doing what she needed to do. And I understand we live busy lives and we've got to do practical things because otherwise we won't, we won't, we'll be in heaven quicker than what we, what we would like to be. And I get that because I've got small children. I can't just sit there and do nothing while they just run chaos everywhere. We have to have practical things in our lives. But I believe there's a place where your heart can engage, your spirit can engage with God, even in the busy times. In them busy times, you can have this interaction where God reveals himself to you in the busy times. And this is where, what we, where we go from theory to practice. Because as many Christians will know lots about the Bible. Lots, lots about the Bible. They can tell you lots of things. But I want to be in a place where I know the person of the Bible more than just quoting the scriptures of the Bible. I want to have a heart to heart that doesn't, doesn't stray. A heart that doesn't go off. But someone who can just rest and know the certainty that comes from knowing God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Are you hearing me this morning? Very quiet this morning. I'm very quiet this morning. Are you with me this morning? So this is the difference to those who people can see, think they've arrived. And they were sitting, they think they've arrived. I'm a Christian, I'm born again. Going to heaven, praise the Lord. You are. He's saying there's more. There's more. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't sit there and think, that's it, I'm, I'm, I'm okay now. <laughs> you are okay. You're, you know, in one sense, you are okay. I'm, I don't want to rock the boat too much for you. But I have to be honest with you. Because I want your heart to turn and to hunger for him. Because there is more. There is more. I hope when I'm speaking to you, your heart is hungering for him and turning. We must never take the conviction out of preaching because it's in that place where you start to, 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 to grasp God. Hallelujah. Where you start to reach out to him and say, I want what that man's talking about. I, I want it as well. Even more. Even more. Even more now than anything else. I want us to be with him and in his presence. Hallelujah. He is your life source. And everything ticks through knowing him. Everything. Oh God. God's given us a privilege to have this heart to heart. And I'm, to, I'm speaking to you now, and I'm speaking to, before the Lord, that he gives such a mighty privilege for us to come into his very presence. And I can say to you, don't rely, don't just rely on the meetings to meetings to meetings to make yourself okay as a Christian. The meeting together is very important. I'm not undermining that one. You know, it's very important that we meet. But I'm saying don't just simply rely on that. Prioritise your meeting with God. 
prioritise it in your life. Make it a regular place that you can come to where you can just be with him. He's so precious in this house. I don't believe I need to go on much longer because I believe the Lord has said what he needs to say. But I want you to know that there's so much more. Don't settle. There's so much more. There's so much more of Jesus. See, he offered up his life for this. He offered up his life. I believe this is central to all that we do. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you for your presence, your Holy Spirit in this place. That God, that you'd have your way in people's hearts and minds. They won't be afraid of you, Lord. They might know they can come and find not only forgiveness, not only peace, but a place with you, to dine with you, to feed on you, so that your life becomes our life, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you for this sweet, sweet fellowship in the Spirit this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you. Just thank the Lord in the quietness of your heart. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to, you don't have to look at the person next to you. Just God wants a heart to heart. I believe it's time for some of you to come back. Come back into communion with him. You may have been a Christian for a while. You may know all the answers. God wants to take you to a depth that you've never gone before. In him is found. Jesus, you're so sweet in this atmosphere. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God.